This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. We're coming to the cheer. So this week's Pasha is Pasha's Akev. Zok Rashi. What does it use the word Akev? Why do we use the word Akev? We're talking about the mitzvahs, the easy mitzvahs, that a person tramples on with his heels. Those tishmon, you have to keep those mitzvahs. That even the easy mitzvahs, you don't take that seriously, right? If you do that, he'll love you, he'll bench you, he'll becha. Okay. He'll take away all your sicknesses. Not even take a brachas. If you keep the ones, the mitzvahs, then a person is dashan, a person takes for granted. So, I'm not going to get into the video that's going around, but there's a video going around. Spoke about it today. If you're listening, if you're on Torah anytime, you can see it on today's shir. Uh, a video that's totally connected to the mitzvah of Kibbutz of Aim. Totally connected to the mitzvah of Kibbutz of Aim. One of the mitzvahs that are dash, that are stepped on, that are not taken seriously, specifically in our generation. The Gemara says that in the generation of Mashiach, Ikhvis of the Mashiach, also in the uh, same word as Akev, that parents are going to have kavod for the children. It's going to be a flip on the fifth mitzvah. Instead of kibbutz of Aim, it's going to be kibbutz Bas for Ben. And the children will be on Mechutzofim to their parents. Well, that seems to be what's happening. So, even though it's very sad to watch, it's very happy because it means Mashiach's around the corner. Not that we're very happy about it. So, Rabbi Gamliel, my Rebbe, if you come to him and you're having marital problems or you're not having children or your kids are off the derach, whatever you're going to come to him with, his first thing he tells you is you have to keep kibbutz of the aim. Then he goes into minyanim, whatever else he wants to go with. The first thing he says is you have to keep kibbutz of the aim because at the end of the day, there's a crazy bracha l'mayin yirich and yamecha. It's only only other time it says that is by Tzolach uh, Hakam. It's a crazy bracha. It's the fifth commandment. It's the bottom of the four commandments. The top four commandments are Nech Hashem, Moisas, Shabbos, all these different things are between a person and God. What is Kibbutz of Aim doing in the first half, the first five? Because Kibbutz of Aim is the bridge between Ben Adam and Ben Adam because it's both. You don't treat your parents right, Ben And also, it's a mitzvah from Hashem to do Kibbutz of Aim because it's a Satayv. If you don't have a Satayv, there's no Enech Hashem there's nothing. There's nothing. Enech Hashem I am your God. I took you out of a triumph. I don't remember being a Mitzrayim. I didn't remember the pain of Mitzrayim. So how are you going to be a Nechashem Lekecha and have a Kosh HaTav? You took us out of Mitzrayim. You can't have a Kosh HaTav for your parents who diapered you and burped you, took care of you and bought you your stuff. And even if they're dysfunctional at, at this point, so then get out of the house. But you're never allowed to sit there and, and answer them back. It's a mitzvah you get used to. You get used to the appearance. There was a whole story. This guy was saying a story about this kid. He took the car. Eh, he was out till 4 o'clock. Nebuch. Every second that his parents are worried about him, he's over a day. He's over the fifth, 
the fifth of the Ten Commandments. Every second, he was supposed to be home at nine, he came home at four. That's seven hours. How many minutes are there in an hour? What's 60 times 7? 420. How many seconds are there in a minute? What's 420 times 60? 24 2400. I don't know. What? 20. 20 is not an answer. He was supposed to be home at 9, and he came home at 4. That's 7 hours. How many seconds in 7 hours? You doing it on your thing? Seven hours, but sixty seconds four hundred twenty minutes, right? All right. Uh, sixty seconds is four hundred times sixty. Uh, twenty-four thousand. Twenty-five thousand. Right. I don't know. Twenty-five thousand two hundred. Twenty-five thousand. Averis. Because your parents were worried from nine o'clock to four o'clock. Twenty-five thousand sins. And the parents are supposed to make him lunch. Craziness. 25,000 sins. And someone can get up and say, you should make a kiddish because the first time you can show your child love. 25,000 of theirs you should reward for lunch. We're going crazy. We're going crazy. And people are listening to this person. 25,000 Averos! Where it says, What's the opposite? What are you crazy? You should get up in the morning, you should ask Mechila. You should make your parents supper, breakfast. I don't know what you should do. There's no excuse for 25,000 Averos. And how many kids are out till 4 o'clock in the morning and their parents aren't sleeping for a, a week and a month? And three years. How about hundreds of thousands of millions of sins? For what? Because it's one of those those mitzvahs that just you just he told his mother to bugger off. He just it just becomes a relationship that you know there's absolutely no respect. What's going on? It's not working. You have static. Okay, let's get rid of the static. So, I'd like to learn with everyone here, being that my Rebbe always says, the first thing you walk in, it doesn't matter if you need, girls come in, they need Shadduchim, somebody's sick, hear it over Why? Nobody knows the secret. The secret is, you can't get married if you don't have a long life. You can't have children if you don't have a long life. There's no reason to get healthy if you don't have a long So, the first thing he says, automatically, people are like, why does he tell that to everybody? Because, number one, he wants to give you a long life. Instead of giving you a bracha for long life, maybe Hashem will listen, maybe not, he gives you the secret to long life. So he says, you got to do kibbutz of him. Anyone who knows him, anyone who's ever gone to him, that's his opening, his opening statement. You have to do kibbutz of him. So, schoolers. The Torah is very clear. It's much easier to do kibbutz of him than it is to do shlokh Khan. How many shlokh Khan can you find? Kibbutz of him is every second of the day. So what's kibbutz of aim? What is kibbutz of aim? Today I heard a new thing. There's a new diagnosis for kids that are rebelling. Somebody told us a new diagnosis. We know OTD, right? Off the death, new diagnosis. What is it? 
SBS. This kid has SBS. I said, what's SBS? Spoiled Brat Syndrome. It's a new syndrome. Not a new syndrome. Spoiled Brat Syndrome. His mother didn't do that. Okay, so, if you hurt your parents for any reason, ask them a chilo. Make them suffer. Do something extra for your father or your mother. Show them how much you love them even though you screwed up and you messed up. Just the opposite of that whole video. I don't, I don't have that video at all. But anyway, let's talk about Kibbutz of Aim. Rabbi Lofty, you talk about Kibbutz of Aim. People are dush on it. Now, I'm going to tell you one thing, then I'm going to tell you something that's, that I didn't speak about today when I gave my share. So he asks, Al-Heichan, to what limit does a person have to have Mayram, there's the Ishvi Imotiro and there's Kibbutz of Aim. So he's talking about Ishvi Imotiro. To what level? The son was sitting in beautiful, brand new clothing. A new boss suit with new shoes, with a Brioni tie. He's dressed to kill. With his $250 Borsalino hat. And who is this guy, that, the son that's sitting there? He's the, he's the president of the, of the congregation. He's sitting up front. All dressed up, all decked out, man. Ubalavavim and his mother and father walk into the room and they walk up to him. He doesn't know what they're doing there. The Karubagadav and they rip off his clothing. Brand new boss suit. Brand new peony tie. The Hikawa Raishai and they smack him in the head. The Yurakabafanov and they spit in his face. Whoa, that's abuse, man. Don't, don't say anything to them. Don't criticize them. Don't react. Eliyishtoik, be quiet. But this doesn't go into today's stuff. That would not fly. My father and mother walked in. I'm the, I'm the president. I'm dressed up. My mother comes over to me, spits in my face. My father, my father whacks me. They both are ripping off my clothing. And Hashem, you want me to sit there and shut up? I am being physically abused. Shukhanach. Yeridea. This is like the heavy stuff, man. You want smicha? i learn Yeridea. This is Yeridea. So let's give it away. Reish Mem. So the Shulchan understands that. How did you ask someone to do that? Your parents walked in, they do You didn't do one thing. You didn't do anything wrong. So he says, the Shulchan says, Eliyishtek, you got to be quiet. How can you do that? You better be careful. You better fear the king of all kings, you shut your mouth and you don't answer them because God commanded you not to. It's the fifth commandment. You just keep your mouth shut. And as much as you deserve to, to talk back to them, you can't. Because that's what Hashem said. If you want to look into it, why would Hashem say that? Because the minute you start talking back to your parents, you're, you're a kafei type. Even if, they're, even if you're right. right. Even if you're right. And once you do that, you're going to become a kafei type in everything. That's my own shot. But Shukran was very straight. That is so drastic. Now, I learned this with a guy and he's like, Brother Wallerstein, this was not written for our time. I'm like, neither was Hilchah Shabbos. Hilchah Shabbos, you're not allowed to make a fire. In those days, they take two sticks, sit there for half an hour with flints to make a fire. Now, we just light a match or flip on a light. We should be able to do that. It's different now. 
pig you weren't allowed to eat because it had tapeworm, which killed a lot of people. But now they have chemicals. Pig doesn't have tapeworm anymore, so we should be able to do that. Once you say that the Torah is different then and now, you're a reformed Jew. That's it, it's over. You're a reformed Jew. The Torah is written, the Yeridea was written forever. So, you can't say, well, that was for those days when guys could get hit and the guys today can't get hit. It's not what it says here. Now, should you let your parents hit you and rip your clothing? For sure not. Run for your life. If you have abusive parents, don't stay home. Move out. Go to your grandparents. Go to a dormitory. Go anywhere. Don't stay there because in the end, you're going to curse them back and you're going to hit them and you're chayav misa. What do you want to do that for? So get out of their lives. There's no, there's no avera in that. You don't need, this guy didn't know they were coming to beat him up. But if he would have known that, and when they came in, he would have walked out, no problem. There's nowhere in the Torah that it says, you have to be abused. Very clearly. But this happened. So now he has to react. Don't react. Okay, it's hard to understand. But we don't understand the mitzvah. We don't understand Kibbutz of Am on that level. Okay. I'm going to read you something that is a million times harder to understand. In Kibbutz of Aim. I did not say it today in my share. I was busy with a lot of other things in my share. Isn't this all awful? Ah, this is beyond belief. Mamzer. So, this child, this man, slept with a married woman and had a baby. That baby is a Mamzer. He can't sit on a bezin, he can't be a rav, he can't marry a Jewish girl. It wasn't his fault, right? His father messed around, he committed adultery. So it's definitely not the kid's fault, but he's a mamza. He's chayiv kivr of aim, and he's chayiv in yiras of his father, of both mitzvahs. Afilu aviv rasha. He was a Rashi, he committed, he committed adultery. Even if the father was a Rashi, Ubala Veiroz, and he does sins all day and all night, the Chavdai honor him. Umis Yaromi Vimenu. The Yeshurim, the Enemachui of the Aviv, Russia. If it's in Russia, some people hold you don't have to be Machavid unless you did Shuva. So you have a boy, and his father made him puzzle. Because the father committed adultery, this boy is puzzled to the to the Jewish world. He's cut off. He cannot marry anybody. He cannot be anybody. He's a mamzer. And who did this to me? My dad. He made me He made me this a mamzer. I have to honor him. I have to get up when he walks into the room. I have to bring his food and his chair. I can't sit in his chair. He destroyed me. He, he created me that I'm not allowed to live by Hashem. Says the Shulchan Aruch, even such a father, and he's a Russia, but if you are not going to be Mechabed him, and you're not going to give him Kaved, Kaved, then you are going to be an ingrate. Because in the end of the day, even though he did this to you, he brought you into the world. It, it's not fathomable. Yeah, he hit me, he beat me. Okay, so he stopped hitting me, he stopped beating me. I went on my life. This kid is a mamza forever. And the Shulchan Aruch says, you're a dea. 
we understand you're a mamzer. We're very sorry to hear that. You have a din of kibbut of aim to your parents like any other kid that was brought into this world. What's the level that Kodesh Baruch Hu looks at? Kibbut of aim, even if your father did that to you, which is the worst thing he could have done to you? Well, Yavai Vakal Hashem, you have a din of kibbut of aim to him. It's a mitzvah that's dush, that's stepped on very often. But it's a very serious mitzvah. And I think everyone should learn, let's give it a aim, every day, Rish Men. And God forbid, not tell parents to ask Mechila from their children because their children did something wrong. If the parents do something wrong, I'm a very big guy. you got to ask them your children. you got to show them if you want them to ask Mechila that even though I'm your father and you have a kid of aim, but I hurt you. So I'm asking you forgiveness. I believe in that 100%. But if the kid did something wrong, parents don't have, parents dare not, dare not apologize to the child. You did this thing wrong. You did something wrong. I should apologize to you? You should apologize to me. All right. So I'm not getting into what I said today because you can, you can listen to that on the, on the share before this. So there's a whole discussion and I'm also not getting into this today because I also said it. I don't have to repeat it, but the whole discussion, what is a professional, who's a professional in Kirov, in Kidlof the Derech, in pain? That word professional is a very interesting word. So I was complaining today that, you know, there are therapists, they're considered professionals, and there are some amazing, amazing, I was just on my way here, I was talking, there's some of the most beautiful people that are therapists that, I don't want to mention their names, but they know who I'm talking about, because if I mention their name and I leave someone out, I'm in trouble. But they're really good people. They're unbelievable people, and and Kleisho is their life. They happen to be a therapist because they they have to make a parnasa, and they wanted to go to school to learn the different things that you need to know. A doctor has to go to medical school. A therapist has to go and learn EMDR and all the different therapies. And Kolakovot, there's some very bad therapists who destroy children. And, you know, like in anything else, there are good wives and good husbands, there are bad wives and bad husbands, there are good rabbis and bad rabbis, and any relationship-based relationship in the world, there are good and there are bad. There are terrible, ter- terrible therapists, and there are amazing therapists. And you've got to try to go to the amazing therapist, because I've seen some therapists really open up children and their trauma and not have the knowledge how to close them and destroy them. And I've seen therapists that saved kids' lives. I've seen both. But I want to tell all the therapists who are listening that really, you can't help anyone. And Wallstein, who's out there 38 years, and I was complaining today that all the people who are writers and bloggers and, and write articles and some guy that beat me up because last year I said, don't be a victim, be a victor, and stand up. And then this guy went online, who I thought was my friend, and he ripped me to pieces, and who is he to talk about this? You know, leave it to the professionals. And I'm thinking to myself, these people, are, these therapists are sitting with one kid, two kids, five kids. I'm out every night, all night. I don't see anybody in the psych wards, in the hospitals, in Florida, in the refuge, and in Laureate. And, and I didn't see anybody in Laureate when I went to Oklahoma. I didn't see anyone in, in, uh, Texas. In, in Texas. I didn't see anyone in the ranch in Texas. I didn't see anyone in Utah. I didn't see anyone in Long Island Jewish. I didn't see any therapists or writers sitting there with kids that are anorexic or in Westchester or in any of the places that I live in. And I'm like, what makes you professional? Your hands aren't dirty. You have no blood on your hands. You have no dirt on your hands. You didn't get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and talk a kid down from jumping on a roof on Avenue M. 
What makes you a professional? Who's a professional? Why are you writing about kids at risk? You're not in the street. I don't see you at 7-Eleven. I don't see you in the park. I don't see you talking to kids. Who, who gives you a right to write? Come on, get into the streets with me, man. Hang out. Get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Be there for all the kids. And you know what? Wallstein, with 38 years in this, I'm not a professional. I'm not. I'm not. I can't do anything. I don't know anything and I can't do anything. Why? Because there's a mission of Pirkei And the mission says the following. Unbelievable mitzvah. Unbelievable mishnah. Nobody's a professional. No! My Rebbe Rebbe Gamaliel! Lines of people come to talk to him about kids that are abused, marriage, having children, showing bias. The man, my, my Rebbe, can't speak English. He never went to college. He doesn't know who Freud is. He doesn't have a bachelor's and a master's and an LCW. Or an FC, why are people coming to talk to this man? He's a professional? Rabbi Brittany, who is the man when it comes to abuse, he's the Rav of Amudim. Rabbi Brittany, I went to his father's shir. Rabbi Brittany went to college. He, he has a degree on the wall. Why are people going to Rabbi Brittany? Why are people going to Shmuel Kamenetsky? Why are people going to the Gedalim? They're professionals. They're therapists. They have letters. They have doctorates. They wrote a thesis. So why are you all going to these people? And the answer is, there's no such thing as a professional. The Mishnah says, who is the professional? And this is what the Mishnah says. Anybody wants to help kids at risk? Kids not at risk? People are having problems. Mishnah Bays, Perek Bays, and Pekayavos. People are having problems in their marriages, shit of crisis, whatever you decide you want to help the Tzibur with. No, you think a Mishnah. It hurts me, this Mishnah, very much, but it's a Mishnah. So here you are. You're out till four in the morning. You gave your whole life to helping kids. That's all you do. And the mission says, the Bista Garnish, you so don't have anything to do with the success of helping these children that really Hashem should not reward you at all. Because you did nothing. But because he has Rachmanis on the people who are even though he did everything and you did nothing, he's going to reward. He doesn't say about any other mitzvah in the Torah. Only about helping people. Why don't you deserve a reward? You're out till four in the morning. You're, you're saving a kid's life. Why don't you deserve a reward? So he says the following the Mishnah. Number one, you want to see success? It has to be L'Shem Shemayim. Why? Because when you do it, Shem Shemayim, the only thing that's going to help these kids, not what you learned in college, not your letters by your name, not that you're a rub, not that you have smicha, not that you're gifted, not that you're a social worker, nothing can help these kids. Only, there's is what's going to save them. Zakti Mufarshim, what are we talking about? His grandfather? It's not fair. This kid has a grandfather with a tiger. No. It's talking about Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, Valeah. They, when they see a child at risk or anyone going through anything, and you're doing Tzachitzimor, they will help the people that you're working with. Then, the Tzitkasum, the person 
who's doing it, his righteousness will be forever. And therefore, the Atem, to all of you, and Atzala, and all you guys, right, Atzala realizes they can't save someone's life, that's in Hashem's hands. It's a little more, you know, you see people who are not supposed to live, live, and people who are supposed to live, not live, you see it's in Hashem's hands. He says, all you guys out there until 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, all you guys that are giving your life for my children, you don't deserve any credit. Because the whole credit is chusavos. It has nothing to do with you. There's no such thing as a person who's professional. It's not a profession. It's not a profession. But, You hear what the Mishnah? Oh, it hurts. The Mishnah ends with ki'ilu asisem. Hashem says, I'll make believe like you did it. You didn't do nothing. So I'm going to pay you for, I'm going to pay you for something that you don't deserve any payment for because really, you did nothing, Wallstein. All 38 years, if I wouldn't have helped you, you wouldn't have had others helping you, you couldn't have saved on your ranch, in your high school, and all the stuff that you do, you couldn't have saved one child's life without schus others. So Shem says, even though you didn't do nothing, Wallstein, you did nothing. I did everything. I'll pay you anyway. Whoa, what a mission. What a Mishnah. Not fear. All the people talking to me, we don't deserve anything. You don't deserve nothing. Because you did nothing. You think because you have an LCW at the end of your name or because you're a Rav, you think you can help kids? Because you're a Godal, because you're a Rav? No, says the Mishnah. You can only help kids if you do it with Shemayim. And then the Shemayim will kick in. And even though you don't deserve nothing, says Hashem, I'll pay you anyway. I'll give you a free, a free pass. You know what's going on in this Mishnah? If you think that you're a professional and I'm the biggest guy in Kirov, the Mishnah takes you and breaks it down and says, not only you're not the biggest guy, you're not even in Kirov. Kirov is being done by this Chosavos. Uh, it's a Mishnah. I'm not, I'm, I don't want to say this Mishnah because I really work very hard and I want some credit. And the Mishnah says, I don't deserve anything. It's a freebie from Hashem. Because guess what, Wallenstein? I don't care what you know or how much you did. And I don't care if you're a doctor with five doctorates. And I don't care what you learned in school. And I don't care if you're the biggest tzaddik. If you're not doing it, Hashem Shemayim, and you didn't have Swiss advice, every single one of the kids you try to save would have fallen and would not have been saved. So goodbye, professional. There's no such thing when it comes to Tzachi Sivar. No such thing. Bomb Mishnah. Bomb Mishnah. Get past yourselves, man. All right. So now we ripped up myself and all of us who are in Sachi Tzibur, and we have to come to a realization that we did nothing. Okay? So listen, Hashem, if you give us Chachar anyway, we did nothing. It's amazing. <laughs> we did nothing and we're getting paid. Wow. That's real Chesed. Other Mishnah says the same thing. It's not for you to finish. It's for you to start. And you know what? You don't get paid on the job. You don't get paid on a job that you started building the house and you didn't finish it. I'm not paying you for the house. Hashem says, no, in my world, it's effort. You just start. I'll pay you. Full payment. Because whether the house is going to be built or not, or you're going to be able to save the kid's life, or you're not going to be able to save the kid's life, or you're going to be able to bring him back to Hashem, guess what? You cannot finish the deal without me. So you get it started, and I'll decide if, if he has a school service, he doesn't have a school service, or where we go with this. Wow. It's a hard Mishnah for Gazer and Sakhi Tzibur. But on the other hand, it's a good Mishnah, because guess what? We're not doing it for Schar. Hashem, you want to pay, you don't want to pay, who cares? 
We're trying to help this kid. What? He's doing it. It's great. And maybe if when you have in mind that he's doing it, you don't think it's you, maybe you'll be more successful. I told, I told some therapists that are very close to me, I said to them that, that a lot of kids are complaining that they don't want to go to therapy because you have this, you know, you're giving a 45-minute session and at the, at the 46 minute, the kid's in the middle of a sentence and you're like, they have an alarm, a bell, ding, out, bub, no but, that's another $4, out. The kid feels like if you care about me, like, so I told him, I said, you know what you should do? If you give an hour session, tell them you're only giving them 45 minutes. And at 45 minutes, you like the time's up and he's like, I want to talk to you still. And you give him another 15 minutes, he's thinking like you really care about him and you really love him. And that way he walks out of the room like, I'm not just a, a, a person and, and does, I don't count. Because the, the best therapy is that you feel like you do count. So, so if it's 45 minutes and you're giving him an extra 15 minutes, then he walks out of the room, even though you're giving him the same hour, but he walks out of the room feeling really great. I said, I think you should try that because a lot of kids that I deal with are like, I don't want to go to therapy. I'm in the middle of a sentence and he's like, time's up. And, and there's some really good people, good therapists out there and they don't want the kid to feel that way. And then, you know, when he calls them on the phone, they have that recording. If it's an emergency, call 911, go to your closest hospital. Uh, I want to talk to you. So, so, it's, 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 so I said to them, listen, you need to take the from therapist. I said, whoever, whatever, any kid that you meet that's in your... That's your uh, Patient, you need to write down their Hebrew name and their mother's Hebrew name. And every night before you go to sleep, you should daven for them. You know their problems. You know what they're going through. You know their trauma. So you should daven for them. So even though it's after the hour, Hashem sees that you really care. And if Hashem sees you really care, then you, you're you part of this Mishnah. Because you're doing it with Hashem Shemayim. If you're davening for your kids at night, that's Hashem Shemayim, then guess what? You're going to be successful and... Hashem is going to give you credit, even though you don't deserve any credit, because it's all coming from Him, and it's coming from, from, from the source of Allah. So, every Rebbe and every every a guy came to you this morning after Dami, he says, "I'm becoming eleventh grade Rebbe, Rebbe Wallstein. Can you give me any advice? You've been doing it for so long." He said, "You want my advice? Number one, don't take it personal if they take your donut. Number two, <laughs> write down every kid's name, and when you ask him the first day of class." What's your Hebrew name? What's your mother's name? And they say, why you ask me that? Because I love you, and I want to dive for you every single night that you should be okay. I said, you will have that class in the palm of your hands. And it's true. I have a book full of names. Do I always read them? No, I should read them a lot more, but I take down the like, Why do you want my name? I'm like, I want to dive for you. If I don't need your name, I can't dive for you. Do I dive for everyone all the time? No, I should. 100% I should. You still be in Doesn't matter. No. You're being very fast. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Could a person so, be Mashiach even if it's not Lashem Shabbat? No. No. In the end, it won't stick. Mm-hmm. That's what the Mishnah says. Mm-hmm. That's learning Torah. Mm-hmm. That's learning Torah. I'm just reading you the Mishnah. Make it Lashem Shabbat. I can't understand why a Rebbe would be a Rebbe. It's not Shem Shemayim. He's not getting paid a lot, and he's not getting paid. So, like, it's not Shem Shemayim. Why would you take that job? If you want to have, help our Shem's children. If that's why you're being a Rebbe, I told him today. I said, if that's going to be a Rebbe, Shem Shemayim, I'm here to help Hashem's children, you're going to be so successful. So successful. Those are the secrets. Let each kid know that you're davening for them. All right, there's a, there's a Gemara I must share with you. So, I spoke many, many times about. 
positive criticism, which is, which is an oxymoron, where by building up a kid and telling him he's amazing and he's not acting amazing, so he comes home and he's like, my Rebbe thinks I'm amazing, but I'm not acting amazing, so he beats himself up, right? It's called self-criticism. He looks in the mirror and says, my Rebbe thinks I'm amazing, but I'm playing around all the time. It's sort of like you have a baseball player. He bats, he bats cleanup. He's batting number four. He's the best guy, right? So you, the Yankees bring him in, and they pay him crazy money, and the guy's striking out. He's getting up. He's in a slump. 15 games. He had one hit. Totally slumping out. So the, one coach goes over to him and say, we're paying all this money. You're a loser, right? What's going on with you? He said, we can't believe we waste all this money on you. So then he comes under pressure, right? Because now he has a lot of pressure. When he's under pressure, you can't, play, you can't be loose. He's thinking, should I take the pitch? I should have taken the pitch. I don't know if I'm going to hit this pitch. He ends up getting struck out all the time because he's not swinging. That's a stupid coach. Smart coach. Calls him into his room. His feet are up on the desk. He's like, yo, Mickey. You're my number four hitter. I watched you play last year. You're whacking that ball right out of the park. You're clutch. Man, you're clutch. You can do it. I know you can do it. You've done it. You're going to do it. And you can do it. Just relax at the plate, man. Relax. There's no pressure. I don't care if you strike out the rest of the year. Just relax. You are a home run hitter. You are number four. So Mickey goes home. And he looks in the mirror and he's like, Mickey, what's wrong with you? You're the man. You're the home run hitter. You were in the home run derby last year. I got to work on my swing. Gets up at 6 o'clock the next morning. He's in the batting cage for three hours. Because I know I'm a home run hitter and I'm in a slump. I gotta get out of the slump. And with a day or two of batting practice, he's he's the hitter again. What happened? The coach didn't criticize him. The coach was very positive with him. He built him up, he gave him confidence. You're the man, don't worry, you're the man. I saw what you can do, I see your swing. Just relax, relax at the plate. He didn't say one word of criticism. The guy went home, he felt very good. You know what my coach just said to me? My coach said to me, I'm, I'm the number four batter. I'm the man. And then all of a sudden he felt very bad, but I'm not delivering. So he goes into himself and he criticizes himself and he works on himself. He disciplines himself and he becomes a home run hitter, Mickey Mantle. So with kids in Chinuch, instead of them banging them up when they're not doing well, you tell them, you know, Last year I heard you did you were number one on the Fahara. Like you know all these Mishnayas Balpat. You have an unbelievable mind. You're, you're a genius. You're so smart. Come on, no, you can do it. You can do it. You're the man. So he's not learning. He's dreaming about whatever. He's got an iPhone. I don't know what's going on with him. And he's like, my Rebbe think it's true. I was the best kid in class last year. I can really learn. I can I can know Mishnayas Balpat. What am I doing with this stupid phone? So his Rebbe complimented him, which was great. And then he went home and beat himself up because if I'm great and I'm not acting great, then I'm not doing the right thing. I didn't tell you that. I told you you're great. I didn't tell you you're not doing the right thing. So self-criticism is the best criticism that there is. That's how you build who you are. So it's called positive criticism. You're giving them a beautiful positive statement and then in, you're building them up and then they're looking inside themselves and saying, why am I not like that? So, I heard about this not long ago, and I used it in my school and girls. It's not normal. It mamish works. 
and it comes from such a healthy place because it, you didn't criticize, you didn't say my Rebbe would say something bad to me. Uh, I walk home, I'm, I'm upset and angry. He just complimented me. It's like not not I didn't make say it, but it's like someone tells tells you know a mother tells her daughter you're beautiful, and she's totally unkempt, and she's like when you comb your hair and brush your hair and, and you're neat, you're a model, right? She didn't criticize her child. She, she looks in the mirror, and here's all unkempt, her dress is all out, and she's like, when I put my dress in and brush my hair, I'm a model? So she puts her, she puts her skirt, her dress on, and nice and neat, she brushes back her hair, she blow dries it, and she looks in the mirror, and she's like, wow, I don't even recognize myself. You think she's ever going to let her hair like that again, and get dressed like that again? Never. Did her mother criticize her? Not a word. So you build them up. Again, you can't tell a kid you're brilliant if he's not. You can't lie, because then you're going to bring him to, to failure, which would be the worst thing that you can. So if he's not so smart, he's great at ball. Like you're the number one ball player. Okay, whatever you need to do. But compliment them. And again, don't be a liar. If they're not, they don't deserve that kind of, if they're not really have the ability. So now you're telling them they have an ability to fly, but they don't have the ability to fly. So they're going to jump off a building and die. Don't tell them they can fly. They can't fly. But tell them they can run. So I thought that was a very smart therapeutic thing that's taught in school. I thought it was brilliant. But once again, Rabbi Wallerstein found it in the Gemara way before there was therapy. Somebody showed me this Gemara Sunday morning. I spoke about this monthly shows. I'd like to read you this Gemara. If you want to see where it is, it's in Bava Metziah, the seventh parrot. And it is Daf Pei Hei Omid Aleph. Okay, it says the following. Listen carefully. Ikle Rebbe. Rebbe, Rebbe, who's that? No, see. Ashmed Rebbe Lazar Bar Shimon. Rebbe traveled to where Rebbe Lazar, right? Who was Rebbe Shimon by Echoy's son? Rebbe Lazar. So Rebbe went to Rebbe Lazar, the son of Rebbe Shimon, after he died. He went to where he lived. Amalahem, he said to the residents of the city that, that Rebbe Lazar, the son of Rebbe Shimon by Echoy, lived. Yeshlai ben Lois at Tzadik. Does Rabbi Lazar ben Rav Shimon Yechoi have a son that's a Tzadik? Yeshlai ben, he has a son. Really, he has a son? What kind of guy is he? The grandson of who? Rav Shimon Yechoi. So Rebbe wanted to know what kind of grandson does Rav Shimon Yechoi have? So they answered him, Yeshlai ben, he has a son. The Chozoina, every prostitute, Shinnizkeres Bishnayim, who got hired for man for Tuzism, whatever that was, Tuzavim. Sechato, he's a prostitute, a male prostitute. The Shmaina. The prostitutes who only get ten, two, they hire him to be with them for eight. Shimon by Yechoi's grandson. He had a Gemara. I say, Asmachai by Rebbe Vashlemi. Rebbe said, bring me this boy. Bring me this boy who sells himself for eight shkalim, whatever it was. So, they brought him to Rebbe. What did Rebbe do? Rebbe gave him smicha. He gave him smicha. Rebbe gave him smicha. And he called him a rabbi. And he gave him over to Rav Shimon ben Isai ben Lekonya. Achais the Ime, the brother of his mother, of his mother, in order to teach him Torah. Okay, so he he made him a Rebbe. This 
kid who did all this bad stuff. And he gave him over to Rav, to Rav Shimon ben Isi to teach him Tyrant. Let's make him into a Rebbe. Called Yama every day that the boy was brought to learn, right? Tyrant with Rav Shimon ben Isi, he would say, I want to go home to my city rather than stay here and study Tyrant. They took him to this rabbi's city. They tried to teach him Tyrant. He said, I, Get me out of here. I don't want to do this. I don't want to learn Tyrant. I want to go back to what I was doing. Making business. Omale, one day Rav Shimon ben Asi said to him, Chakim Abdu Yosach, you're very smart. You're Rav Shimon ben Echoy's grandson. They want to make you into a sage. But Gulsa the Hava Allah, and they want to spread a gold garment upon you. But Rabbi Karolach, and they want to call you Rabbi! Ba'at or Ma'at, Yosani and yet you keep saying, I want to go home to my city to be with Zainais? I understand you. They want to make you ready. On my way, they want to make me ready. Mube, I swear. Azubada. It's over. I will not request to go back to what I was again. Okay? So this was positive criticism. Here the guy is a is Mizana. He's a male prostitute. And they're calling him Rebbe. And they're telling him they want to make you into a guggle. And he's like, really? That's what you think I could be? I swear I will never do again what I used to do. Purely positive criticism. They didn't tell him you bad boy, you're this, you're a Zaina. They said, you, we want to call Rebbe. Okay? So, you have to hear the end of the story. He got down when he grew up. He came. So, who started this whole story? Rebbe came to the town where Allah lived. He heard about this kid. He took this kid, he gave over it to someone else to learn with him. So, Rebbe started the whole thing, helping this kid grandson. So now, this boy, who's now learning Torah and a Rebbe, went to visit the Masifta of Rebbe. And he sat in Rebbe's academy. Rebbe heard him talking, heard the boy talking. This voice is similar to the voice of Rebbe Lazar, the son of Rebbe Shimon. This is what Rebbe Lazar sounded like. This kid was Rebbe Lazar's son. They told Rebbe, Vrehu, it's his son. His son? Koralei, Pritzadik Eitzchayim. The luck is the part of Chacham. Pritzadik Eitzchayim. The fruit of the righteous man is pure life. Zer Rav Yosi, Rav Lodah, Rav Shimon. This is Rav Yosi, the one that was the prostitute, the son of Rav Lodah, the son of Rav Shimon. Lekech, the Pashat Chacham. And he who acquires souls is wise. Zer Rav Shimon, and he's being Lachna. Because he made him to about Shuba. When Rabbi Yaisi, the son of Allah, passed away, they brought him into his father's burial cave. Okay? So now, the grandson who was doing all those bad things, who now became a big rub and became a Rebbe, he died. And now they're bringing him to his grandfather, Rashim Baichai, and his father, Rabbi Laza, to bury them. There's a serpent with a huge snake. That circled the, the, the cave that nobody could go into it. Amrale, the Chachamim said to the snake, 
Achna achna pesach picha. Serpent, serpent, open your mouth. The Yikonah has been Let his son be buried with his father. Like Pasuchul, the serpent did not open his mouth. So they had to they had to bury his grandson in a different place. So the people thought that the reason they're not letting him in is that God means that Rebbe Lozer, Rebbe Shimon was greater than this one. Rebbe Yosi, his son, and therefore they didn't let him in. That's a baskol ba'amor. A baskol came out and said, "No, love of nations that God means that not because he wasn't as big as Rebbe Shimon by and Rebbe Lozer. Elazar Yitzchak Ma'ira, Rebbe Lozer and Rebbe Shimon had the pain of being all those years." In, in, in the, in the, what's it called, without food or anything in the cave, the Zalai of Tzamara, but this boy, he was never in the cave, and he didn't have the discomfort, so he doesn't deserve to be buried with them. Okay? Next Gemara, it seems to be that Rebbe went around helping children. Ikhla Rebbe asked Rebbe came to Raftafan city after his death. Amal, who Rebbe asked, does Rav Tafan have a son? That's a tzaddik who cut down his children because Rav Tafan, whenever he swore, he swore on his children's lives and he shouldn't have done that. So he was scared, Rebbe, that Rav Tafan had no children because he used his children in his shul. He said, no, he has no son. But he has a daughter. And that daughter has a son. So Rav Tafan has a grandson. But he has a son from his daughter, the Chazonish, and the Kazbishnayim, and every Zainer that got hired for two, Shmoyen, another guy that was in this business that was very beautiful, and that was the grandson of Rav Tafan. Also, they brought Rav Tafan's grandson to Rebbe. Omalai Rebbe said to him, Yeah, not the book. If you repent, I will give you my daughter in marriage. You do tshuva, you can marry my daughter. Psh, big. he repented. Right? He wanted to marry his daughter. Some say, he married her and then he divorced her. Some say, he did not marry her. He didn't want the people to say that the reason he did tshuva was to get married to this girl. So therefore he did tshuva, but he didn't marry her because he didn't want her to say that. Frank the Gemara, Rebbe, who had a yeshiva, why did Rebbe go to such lands to help other people's children? You have your own yeshiva. What are you doing? Running around. Whoever teaches someone else's son, Torah, is guaranteed to sit in yeshiva Torah. A person who teaches the son of an Amoretz, Torah, because his father can't teach him. I feel like there's one who goes to Xeri, even if God decrees a bad decree, he can break the decree. And therefore, and therefore, Rebbe went around because it gave him the Kayach that because he helped other people's children or he helped Yudalim's children that he could be in Yeshiva Shamayla and that he could break Gezeri. So, we see in this Gemara that way before Psychology, positive criticism, telling a kid who was getting eight, four times what the designers were getting for sleeping with women, telling him that this is not who you are, you can become a tzaddik, we want to call you ready.
could change his whole life. He changed his whole life. He said, I'm never going back to that. And he became a, a huge, huge person. That was positive criticism. Rebbe didn't rip him up and say, you're sleeping with women, you're a lowlife, you're a piece of garbage. Rebbe said, you, you're going to be a Rebbe, you're going to be a girl You're going to come to my yeshiva. You're going to teach Shairah. If they said you're, be, you're, you're a Rebbe, he left everything go. Positive criticism. I want to end tonight. Oh, it's going late. Okay. I want to end tonight with a very sad story. But I guess it's not sad. Everything's the will of Hashem. So there's a young boy who passed away Friday. His name is Shimon Hillel Ben Chaim Yitzhak Isaac. He had brain cancer for over two years and suffered terribly. And he wrote on a computer. He knew he was dying. They told him he'd have two weeks. He had two years. But he knew there was no, there was no cure and he was just dying. So he wrote a will. 16, he, he, I think he was diagnosed at 13. So see, he's, he's 16. He writes on here, I am the smallest of all the students. My name is Shimon Hill ben Chaim Yitzhak Isaac. In Laodicea, I was born from a rotten drop, from a nobody. On the eighth day of the second month, I believe that's um, year. So he was born in 61, today we're at 77, so he was 16 years old. Can I read it in Hebrew or English? English. Read it in English, even though it's much more beautiful in Hebrew. So what he did is he wrote, um, he wrote this will, he didn't tell anybody, it was on his computer, and after he died, it was like flashing, they hit the button and printed out his will. So nobody saw this before he died. He died on Friday. His parents are sitting shiver right now. So this is Eli Nishmas, an Hashem that's beyond anything that we know. Shimon Hillel, B'chaim Yitzhak Isaac. I'm not judging the children in this world who go through pain and can't write such a thing. This is an Hashem from a different... But just, I'm reading this to show you the level that a human being, a 16-year-old kid, he's a teenager like all the other teenagers, who suffered crazy pain, brain, brain tumor, and wrote the most amazing letter I have ever written, seen in my life. So I want everyone to listen to this very carefully who's out there. I'm not telling you you have to be on this level, but I'm telling you that a person can reach this level. Translated from Lashon HaKadosh, I... The least prominent of Torah students, Shimon Hillel ben Chaim Yitzhak Isaac, was born humbly on the eighth day of the second month of ER in the year 5761. I, I, I wish to begin with indescribable, immeasurable praise and thanksgiving to the Creator. There has never been anything in any of the worlds other than Him, may He be blessed, nor will there ever be anything other than Him. Despite this, He took notice of me and cared for me in such a perfect manner. It is mind-boggling. Even though I was subjected to suffering, a little suffering, I feel no reason to complain to the Holy Creator, Chas Shalom. This is how I have always felt and what I have always believed. I never, not even once, entertained the thought that the Creator had any intention other 
than for my good. I never thought about discarding my observant upbringing or about any other such absurd notion. I have always been certain that there is a judge and judgment, and I understand that I am not wise. I am not even on the level of an Amaretz. He was a huge masmid, this boy. Huge. But I am not so foolish as to think that things would be better for me in any way if I, would dis- if I were to decide to deny Hashem's existence. Where could have I gone to escape your spirit, Hashem? In which direction could have I fled? If I would climb to the heavens, you are there. And if I would descend to the depths of the netherworld, you are there. Even though the Yetzirah comes to me repeatedly, as it, is, it, as it has many times, I have no intention of rebelling against Hashem. He is the master of all that exists. He has always been. He is at present and He will always be. Even though I have at times fallen into the sneers of worldly pleasures, Sheva become for me even more so. I hereby declare that I have the perfect faith that Hashem is the creator and the conductor of the world, that He is om- omniscient and has His dominion encompasses all worlds that exist. I have faith that one day Mashiach will arrive and on that one day there will be I assert my allegiance to all the tenets of Judaism, especially the 13 fundamental principles of faith. That being said, even if the Yetzirah would one day succeed in persuading me to deny the existence of the one who spoke and thereby brought the world into being, I hereby declare in advance that such a denial is futile, futile, that it is due to a temporary lapse of sanity. Chazal taught that a person sins only if he becomes infected with insanity. Therefore, I declare at this time that if it happens, I ever say or even think thoughts. You can be absolutely certain that at that moment I am not in my right mind. I know with absolute certainty that He alone exists and that there is nothing other than His presence. This being the case, there is no question that I have never sinned with intention to anger Hashem. It is only because the Sahara temporarily overcame me so I have not remained steadfast in my awareness of Hashem. It is a fact that a Baruch who never tests anyone unless he knows that this person can can in fact withstand this test with Hashem's assistance. Hashem does not desire that even one person in the world become wicked. If someone does not overcome his challenges, it is undoubtedly because he did not invest all his strength in the struggle. If he does pass the test, then he is indeed fortunate. I, however, have never given up on any mitzvahs asay or mitzvahs losasay. Therefore, it is with a broken heart that I stand before you, my master. You are my only master, but the, you, are not my, you are not only my master, but the master of my entire family. Not only that, you are master of the entire world. In fact, you are the master of all existence. Not only, not only the world. Not only are you the master, you are the creator, the only one, the one who oversees all that goes on in the universe. Hashem does not forget anything, nor does He treat anyone unfairly. I, on the other hand, have committed grave sins. I did not think clearly for in truth what value do, do our lives have. I therefore beg for forgiveness and atonement for not having been careful enough to fulfill your Torah. Not only am I guilty of wasting time that could have been used for learning Torah, despite the fact I was taught some of the sublime qualities of Holy Torah, but also many times when I had the freedom to learn, my body chose courses, curses instead of choosing life. I am in pain for myself and for my soul since I did not gain anything from committing these sins. Ay Hashem, you know what sins I have committed. Please, in your abundant mercy, erase my pain. What's more, I am aware that I have not given my peers the honor due to them. In fact, I sometimes insulted other people. I am especially guilty of dishonoring my mother and father. My father and mother, causing them much pain, which he never ever did anything, anything, 
but only gave his parents nachas, but he's beating himself up. This is vidoy before a person dies. Therefore, I am pleading with all these people to please forgive me, for I was not thinking correctly. I am now filled with regret for these things. This act of forgiving me will be considered an eternal act of tzedakah. And in its merit, may you be granted good, long lives of children who are busy themselves studying Torah Lishma, and may you be granted an honorable, abundant livelihood. I am fully aware that no one owes me anything at all. Nothing less. If you wish to be kind to me, please do the following. You are surely aware that in the world to come, a person cannot bring his gold or silver, and, su- and certainly not his silly self-image of, pre- of prestige or anything else. He can bring only Torah study and good deeds, Think that can- things that cannot accomplish in the world of truth. Therefore, despite my lowliness, not lo- lowliness, I request that you donate all my svarim to places where many people study Torah so that they will use these svarim. Write in each sefer, that is given for the elevation of my soul. Perhaps this will help to f- purify my soul to whatever degree possible. I hereby declare it to be absolutely forbidden to say or write any false information about me, You are clearly aware that I did not spend all my time studying Torah, he did, as many people think I did. It is not even possible to say that I was a masmid at all. With a broken hat, with a broken heart, I ask that you do this for me. With a Torah for my sake, give tzedakah for my sake, and do other mitzvahs for my sake. I did not prepare myself on Erev Shabbos. Only someone who toiled to prepare on Erev Shabbos will be able to eat on Shabbos. In other words, he didn't prepare in this world, he's saying. To you I say, he's talking to us, fight your Yetzirah and overcome it. Don't be overwhelmed or afraid of the challenge. Gird your loins like a warrior to do what is just and good in his eyes. If you will do this, you will be most fortunate. Hashem will then match his will to yours, and, he, and, and will fulfill your every desire. I hereby request that you have me buried in Eretz Yisrael, where there is eternal sanctity. I do not wish to have to suffer the pain of tunneling through the earth in the future. Since my bank account is, has very limited funds, I cannot demand this of you, but please understand that this is what I really want. I want to be buried in Eretz Yisrael, even if it, even if it will be in a non-important location. If there are any funds left in my account after arranging for my funeral, give it to my parents, who can then give it to whichever tzedakah they fit for my neshama. In case my parents disagree about where the money should be given, then they should take each half of the money. The main thing is that they should not argue over this issue. I should not be blamed for causing them strife. My my svarim should be donated to an institution where there are people who are likely to use them. If any family members would like to take some of the svarim, that would be wonderful. I give my father the authority to make that decision. All my other possessions will become my parents' property. If need be, they should divide the items between the two of them. They should use my money to have me buried in Eretz Yisrael. If I do not have enough for that, I do not obligate them to pay for it themselves, but it certainly would be a mitzvah to cover that expense. If there is any money left over, it should be given to my father to, to distribute, distribute to tzedakah. I would like this, the Hebrew document to be honored in a Besdin. Thank you. Yeah. He passed away this Friday. His parents in the middle of singing Shiva. And his chos, Mashiach should come. Listen to this boy. I really would like to read it in Hebrew. I'm going to read it in Hebrew because it just sounds so different. I'll read it very fast. All you people who know we've written, listen carefully. Rishon Lekol, I'm Yenayt, and Shevach Baidosh, Ein L'Shav, Ein L'Tzayar, L'Bayra HaKol, Asher Loi Hayev, Loi Yiyeh, Shum 
Tichus Eli believed Klum al Abaya Kurdish Baruch Hu Chas Peshlam Kiyadani. I mean, Mamin Tami Bzeh. Loi Oslal Dati Afilu Pam Echad. Loi Mechas Peshlam Shabayre Eino Mechamal Tervasi. Loi Osa Al Dati Liot Chas Peshlam Chiloini. Or Echem Mikolat Varim Hatipshem Aelik Yedati. Vahaya Barali Shiyesh Din Vidayin. Vagam Sheini Chacham Sheini Chacham Afilu Im Amar Arth Any Avel Any Tipesh Kol Kach Loimer Sheim. He came to me many times. He to try to break him. He was suffering. I didn't want to go against you, rebel against you. You're the master of everything. I felt sometimes, but a tzaddik falls seven times, he gets up. I need mean, the truth of God, who he's the creator of Ramani, who Yadea, he knows everything. He's the leader in all the worlds. There's no one but you. with a broken heart, come before you, servant in front of his master. Master my family, not only my, my family, I heard the view of the Torah, and I didn't learn all the time. I had free time. My body wanted to do things. I didn't choose life. I didn't give comment to human beings. I embarrassed them. My mother, my father, I didn't treat them serious. I brought them tsaras. Yeah, 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 yeah. Staying out to four o'clock and not knowing where a person is. Not him. He didn't do that. Please forgive me. Nobody owes me anything. Everything has in your heart. Do me a favor. 
They don't take you your money. They don't give you covered. Where people learn a lot, they should be able to do it. I don't want anyone to say anything good about me, and that I would don't say that I was a masmid. Don't say anything good about me, because I didn't prepare for the next world, of this world. He was a tzaddik family. Everything I own goes to my parents. They should split it. If it's a kind of money to win away Israel, if they have enough money, they should bury me in Israel. If anybody ain't in my chayav, I will mitzvah. If it's left over, nothing will ever eat them in tzedakah. I would like this document to be honored in a best day. That's the level that every single person can reach. What he reached in 16 years, people can't reach in 120. So there's still hope, and he should be a male's yesha. You should dive in for his neshama. You should never forget his name. Shimon Hillel ben Chaim Yitzchak Isaac. And um, the lesson of the whole night is Siyad Edishmaya and Kibbut of Aim and positive criticism. And we leave off with my Rebbe says, the first thing everyone has to do is work on his Kibbut of Aim because it has the word of the mind, Yeruch and Yemecha. And before the Shiva is over, May we see Shimon Hillel ben Chaim Yitzchak Isaac b'Tchias Hamesim. Thanks. Just to summarize the shear. So the first part of the shear was his parents came in and they beat up their kid pretty much. So uh, he wasn't allowed to answer back. But he, had he known that was coming, he should definitely run away. A parent never has, never ever has the um, right to hit a child. Um, even when it talks about in Shulchan Aruch that and all these different things that. You know, spear the rod, spear the rod, spoil the kid is the worst thing you could do. The rod that they used, they didn't beat their kids to pulp, to a pulp. It was a little patch. We don't do that today. And just the opposite, you should be able to talk to your kids. And, 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 but there's one case where you should hit your kid. And that is a two, three-year-old kid runs across the street. So if you're going to talk to him about, well, if you run across the street, there's a truck, it's going to hit you. He doesn't understand what you're talking about. He's a, little, he's a toddler. So you got to take his hand. you got to give him a patch. So street hurts. That's the only time you're allowed to hit a kid. You're only allowed to hit a kid when street hurts. And also, don't kill him. Just give him a little patch, and he knows. But after that, there's a very big problem. We see things that, as parents, we shouldn't put our kids in a situation that they should curse us or hit us. Because then they're chayim misa. You don't want your child to be chayim misa. So you have to be very careful not to hit your kid because he'll hit you back. Or to curse your kid because he'll curse you back. So as parents, we also have a responsibility. So what happened here in the Mishnah, he, the, he didn't expect it. They're just telling you, if that's what happened, don't say anything. Walk away. But if your parents are abusive, we're writing a book right now, less than a day. If you call them for Shabbos and your parents are yelling at you and triggering you and causing machlech between you and your wife, you don't have to call them for Shabbos. A, 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 a child is not machayv to take abuse. Run. Get out. Move, go to a dorm, get out of the house. Because with the evil, they see the mixture. You're going to curse your parents. 
you're going to hit them back. It's going to get really bad. Better you're not there. So, no, the mission is not talking about that you should go beat your kid, rip their clothing, and have some do anything like that. You're a Russia if you do that. You're a Russia. A person who does it to his child is a Russia. But what does a child do? That's what it's talking about. A child can never hit back, and a child can never scream back. Hashem is very mocked in the fifth, in the in the in Kibbut of Aim because Kibbut of Aim is 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 an avera bidei shemayim and an avera bidei bidei adam chavera. You're doing two averas. It's it's the bottom of the five. It's the the foundation of the five bin adam markum. So again, I have to be very clear because Shulchanach sounds like, oh my God. Those parents were very, very wrong. And even though they were very, very wrong, he still wasn't allowed to answer. But do you have to stand there and get hit? Run. Can you hit them back? No. I used to play hockey with my father. And one of the kids that played there, his father was a rub. And his father said that Mr. Wallerstein and his son cannot be on opposite teams. Because on opposite teams in hockey and I swing my stick and I hit my father and I make him bleed on Chaim Misa. So they have to be on the same team. We were always on opposite teams. They have to be on the same team. You can't, you can't even let blood if you're a doctor, right? And you want to take blood from your father, you're not allowed to. You have to give it to another doctor to do it. I, it's medical. That You are not allowed to make a chamura in your father. So he had to always be on my team. So if I was against him, I would hit him. We'd bang into each other. Whatever it was, a very small... I, I, so you have to be very careful in the midst of Kivit of Aim. Very sensitive mitzvah. Very sensitive mitzvah. So I just want to make sure that everyone's watching. Those, that, what that mother and father did in the beginning of the year, they were shot. And Avdeira, they lifted their head to their child. Rishayim. It's not discussing them. It's discussing the kids. The guy who committed adultery, Russia. But the child's a mamzer. He's blessed to have Kivit of Aim. That's the lesson. But don't, I didn't want anyone to walk away from there thinking, my father can beat me up, spit at me, rip my clothing? No, he can't. No, he's not allowed to do that. But if he does it, you can't answer him back. That's the halacha. I did not write it. It's Yeridea. I didn't write this. It's not for me. Anyway, we should all... There should be no hitting. There should be a lot of loving. Kids should be on the derech. We should have skiyasamesim. We should only have good things. We're on the other side of of of, of is the flip. Both months, the rachamim is from the first to the fifteenth, when the moon's getting bigger. The din is from the fifteenth to the last, when the moon's getting smaller. In of, the first to the fifteenth is bad, and the fifteenth is going further away from Tisha B'av, Right, even though the moon's getting smaller, is good. Tuba'av is the yantif. From there on, it's good. May we only have simchas, and everyone needs shiduchim. The schus of Tuba'av should find shiduchim. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.